Call me sentimental, but to me, the most joyful moment in sports is the soccer goal. And when that goal happens at the World Cup, well, it's pretty good. I'm Brian Phillips. With the 2022 Men's World Cup approaching, I'm making a podcast called 22 Goals on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's about 22 of the most fire emoji goals in the history of the tournament. We're going to have so much fun. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Excited to be back. Jesse is playing the music way too loud. I didn't think it was that loud. I'm going to say this and I'll give you a reason, a quick little follow-up. Oh, good. For this monologue, if you want to make it a duologue, you can. I would be fine if Darren Ravel totally stayed out of sports cards. (laughs) I'm just going to say that. The sensationalism and shenanigans that I often read and hear from him, I find to be laughable. Okay, what did he do? This is based around the the article he just put out about this Luka Doncic card, the 101 Logo Man auto. This is the card that sold in March 2021 for $4.6 million to a guy named Nick. He bought it off Shine. Okay. I don't know Nick. Uh, he actually seems like a pretty, a fairly like humble, like chill collector. Like I have oh. actually have nothing negative, nothing negative or positive to say about him, although everything I've ever seen and read seems like a decent guy. Okay. So far, so good. The sensationalism, though, by Ravel. This is the same guy who was on this massive like VHS pump a few months ago, which turned out to be nothing but just garbage. Um, Don't say that. I'm still holding out hope on my Back to the Future set. Yeah, like he pumped that up big time. I'm trying. I also heard him in an interview one time. They were talking about like his Jackie Robinson collection. He's like, I have one of the greatest lines of all time. I have more than nine Jackie Robinson (laughs) autos. That would be 10. Hang on, hang on. Let me more than calculator. Just checked it. Nine plus one is 10. Uh Um, Again, just insane. And then this thing the card that set off the sports. This is literally the name of the article. Who printed this nonsense, by the way? I, Action. Action Network. Oh, they're good. Carlos, are, are we affiliated with them at all? Is Simmons or The Ringer affiliated or, at all with the Action, Action Network? Network? Not that I'm aware of, but I can look. You don't have to answer that. That's a completely... No, you, we are not. There's no way. Okay, I hope not. Because, like, the name of the article... We'll get into sports car talk after this. Jesse will do the, run, the whole thing, but... 
the Luka Doncic card that launched pandemic sports card, first of all, that launched the pandemic sports card craze is back on the market. Okay. First of all, this is not the card that launched the pandemic craze. The pandemic, if you remember, started in April uh-huh. 2020. And when was this that card sold? sold a year later? Yep. Okay. So not to mention the fact that cards like this do not set markets on fire. The cards that set the markets on fire was his Luca, the prism base card going to 2000. Yeah. Because then everybody was like, dude, every base card is worth a ton of money. Okay. Yep. The Griffey upper deck card went up to five grand. That set the baseball world on fire because everybody had those in various grades. It was attainable. It was all over the place. Everybody started buying and selling stuff. You're making sense. Okay. A $4.6 million card. At the time, everyone's th- buying those, baby. Of course, just laying. <laughs> I think that was the record at the time. I, I believe that's correct. Okay, I, I do recall a- there being something about that being a record. Oh, actually, it couldn't have been the record because we talked to Rob Go before this, I believe, and he Maybe bought the five million dollars basketball. Though it could have been that, or for modern, even. Yeah, fantastic. Like it doesn't. It's not a detriment to the market, but like nobody looked at that and thought, "Oh, you know what, dude? My Tom Brady base cards are worth more money now because of this." These are not the, these are cool and cute headlines, Mm -hmm. but this whole story is just, here's a word for you, steeped in sensationalism and nonsense, in my opinion. Well, I can't say for sure that you can't say a card going up in value doesn't also affect other cards. I mean, not to say that. I can say that. Not to, you did say that. I'm just saying if it was a one-off situation, you know, like this, that's one thing. But when you're seeing not only that card going up to four, something million, but other cards also going up in value. I think that just hypes up everything else in people's minds. The entire market would have done exactly what it did if this card didn't exist. I, I'll go line for line. There's a few things, by the okay. way. Just that's, I mean, I'm, that's fair. Um, it was the most interesting sale at the time, whatever. That's, that's fine. Um, here's a, a line that was great. It goes up for sale again on Wednesday. Now, this article was written on the 2nd, which was yesterday, which was Wednesday. So I'm assuming he means next Wednesday. Okay. If you could look that up on PWCC, that would be great. Just see if you can find that. Just go to their website, maybe. Uh, and in many ways, the second time it sells promises to be just as interesting. Wrong. It will be nowhere near as interesting. It will also be worth nowhere near the amount of money. I am, I'm going to be shocked if this card cracks $2 million, which, first of all, talk about a bass. I don't care what kind of money you have. I have a, I mean, I can't imagine well, this you card. You are saying a lot of words. I'm curious if your butt's going to be able to write that check, because I think... I mean, I don't know, but I, I don't know. You could be 100% right. You Maybe think this card's selling higher? I, I'm not saying that, but I am saying, saying, I'm saying that you are so down when we've seen multiple cards, even though the card market as a whole is down, we're seeing multiple really expensive cards still set nope. some records. Not Ultra Modern, we're not. We're seeing Mantles do stuff like that and crazy Ultra old Modern, school cards, yeah. Ruth cards. Okay. I ho- now, let me just preface this as well. I don't know if you can preface something three minutes in. I hope for Nick's sake, this sells for $5 million. I, I, I always want the collector to do well. Mm-hmm. But like these claims, this isn't as interesting as the first time. The first time it sold, it was the highest ever modern in the height of the greatest period in sports card market. It sold for the highest price ever for an ultra modern card. This is not the same as that. Like I just, I don't know. I, I guess we're not supposed Darren to do, Revelle, and that's supposed to hit pieces, <laughs> but I get annoyed by guys like this who just come in and like, and then some of the other people he quotes, like, I don't know, like, like some of these quotes, I'm just like, what, what? not from Nick. Again, I actually have no issue with Nick. I think he's just talking about his card. But like, what is the point of this? Okay. I, yeah, I don't know. I I am very curious now. I think we'll have to keep an eye on it to see what it does. Overall, though, don't you want to hope that it does more? 
Oh, absolutely. I, I just said that. Okay. We talked about how you, your memory's garbage right now because your brain is fried, and that's fine. I'm on t- day 10 with a fever. It's very slight, though, so that's good. Um, yeah, I just... I don't know. I, this, But again, this whole... This is a minor story that I saw that just irritated me. So that's it. This did not launch any craze. Okay. It's not the reason the market had the spike it had. I want to be clear. You, I, I wasn't trying to make the point that this card was the reason why the market had a spike. I'm just making the point that a card can have an effect on the market. But I, I like to bet on this on the model. <laughs> there you go. Uh, whatever you want to do next is fine. Uh, why don't we just do the rundown and then jump Great. right in? Awesome. I'm so sorry I spoke up. God, you're doing good. Um, rundown asking too much on your cards, then complaining was the hit piece. Now we go into the real topics NFL trades, how it's in fact affecting the hobby. We're going to talk a little bit about NBA, a few performance guys who uh seen prices going up. We're talking baseball, Mike's high on a certain product. We're going to see why that is. Jason Flynn is then going to go for the a tri- three is a trifecta. What's a four? A fourfecta? A quadfecta. Quadfecta. Sure. We we're talking NFL, NBA, baseball, and now soccer. Jason Flynn's joining us again for World Cup news. There you go. And your mailbag. I am. I was going to start with this until I saw this headline. Um, I am getting a little irritated as well. The market has clearly changed. It's it's a it's down right now. Nobody can argue that. By and large, there's certain certain things that stick out. Obviously. When you're asking too much for your cards, and when like I see these people do this all the time on social media, when you drop your eBay link and I go to it, like, man, it's amazing. Can't sell anything. And every single one of your cards is overpriced. Mm. That has nothing to do with the market. You're just a terrible seller, <laughs> just so you know. Like a $100 card is not getting bought for 120 bucks, even if you're from South Florida. Um, <laughs> I'm not letting that go. Probably going to get jumped at the Who next was week. that that said that again? That was the guy at the card show? Yeah. That's fun. Pricing has more to do with why you don't sell cards than any other thing in the world. Just so we're clear on that. So just wanted to make that known. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. 
So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We can talk a little bit of NFL now. There were some hobby trades. that I'm, None of these players, by the way, I actually care about their market. It's more the team market. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Take it away. Go nuts. Uh, so here's a trade that happened. Chubb is going to Miami. That's the first one on the notes. So no one cares about a third, fourth year defensive player like Bradley Chubb, although he's very, very good. His parents do. The ov- Maybe. The overall thought here, though, Miami, I think, is very good. Like, two is advanced metrics, which I normally think are the most useless dive you could ever do in sports cards. The kid can throw the ball. He has great receivers, yes, but he is still getting them the ball. I believe he is 5-0 and when he started as quarterback. They've got an easy game this week, don't they? Texans. No, that's Philly. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, they're playing the Bears. Yeah, in Chicago. I mean, so I, I would say they're probably six and three, but he is a great addition to that defense. I just think that's great overall for the off hobby wise. In the real world, it's great for the team. Bradley Chubb's a great addition, but in the hobby world, I think it's good for Tua, Waddle, and Tyreek Hill simply because it makes their markets more appealing because that team is now better. Next. Okay. Uh, next on the list, we have. Say oh it. Boy. Roquan Smith. Roquan going to Baltimore. Absolute stud, by the way. Baltimore is another one of those teams. Lamar's market is weird. He has a he is maybe the most volatile fifth year guy that's out there right now. Like he has a great game up, bad game down. It's it's almost week to week with him, which is fascinating for a guy who's made the playoffs multiple times and has an MVP. Uh, it's funny how down he is versus where he was. That's what I'm saying. He has like when he has a great game against Miami, even though they lose, okay, spike, and then he has a bad game. But that's a great addition to that team that I think is clearly the best team in the AFC North. I like it for the Lam- I like Roquan for the Lamar hobby impact value because I think they, they win more games with him. Look at this. I honestly I feel like Lamar has got to be a buy at this point because look how oversold he is. He's below. He's at the lowest point in the last year. On his Prism 2018 Prism PSA 10, it's selling right now for about 240 bucks. I mean, like even what this was uh, selling for 242 back in June, and that was the lowest point prior to this. How is it possible that he's dropped that much? Even I mean, though he's performing that well. Market's way down, and it's interesting. The pop's only 650, so not a bad. I mean, not a terrible buy. I, I, again, I'm very leery as to who we should buy right now, just in general, because I don't know what to do. But I do think that team is going to be very good. Okay. Uh, next, who you got? Next on the list, we got Claypool going to Chicago. Now, this one is interesting to me. Chase Claypool being a receiver, is there maybe a resurgence there? Possibly. He's a good receiver. I do think he's going to make some dynamic plays, though, which is enough to at least keep Justin Fields hobby relevant. Fields needed something. Mm-hmm. I think Claypool could be the guy to maybe at least allow, hey, every other week we have a highlight reel catch which is good for Justin Fields. So again, yeah. I think it benefits the team and the player in particular, Justin Fields, more than it benefits Claypool. Ridley to Jacksonville. Now, this is a long play. Calvin Ridley, stud receiver, got suspended for the year for gambling on games, the wide receiver from, from the Falcons. I mean, he's a legit number one when he's healthy and actually playing, mm-hmm. which he will be next year. My stance on Trevor Lawrence is that's a long-term thing anyways. Like Trevor Lawrence is probably a good buy in the offseason. We know where the market's at more than we do right now, at least. Hopefully, we're kind of coming out of the recession-ish, whatever we're facing. Um, and then he comes back next year with another year of experience and with the best, by far the best receiver he has ever had in the NFL. That could be a good sign for Trevor Lawrence. So I, like, I actually like that for both of them, too. Ridley missing a whole season. His prices are total garbage. 
I think if you have faith in those that team at all, you could probably buy them both heavy in the offseason. So I like it. Uh, do you think there's ever an opportunity where uh, Lawrence gets traded to somewhere else to a winning team? No, he's on a rookie deal. He's a young quarterback. You don't trade him. Yeah. He's not making any money. Okay. Yep, no chance. Robert Quinn to Philly. I love this. Quinn's a great pass rusher. Going to Philly, who I, I would argue is as good as any team in the league. Um, again, I just think this is a good sign if you're a, if you're a uh, Jalen Hurts holder, if you're in Devontae Smith, if you're into A.J. Brown. I think this is a good move because your team got better. Again, there's no card market for Robert Quinn, but he makes that the best team in football even better. That's a win for the team. Okay. I think Jalen Hurts pricing is still doing pretty well, actually. I was pulling him up earlier. Oh, it is. It hasn't taken off, though, because I think yeah. it's already baked in. But, but he's, he continues to make a higher new floor. Does that make sense? Like yep, as far which as, is excellent. Um, he's yeah. got to be the MVP, by the way. If the, game, if the season ended today, I know he doesn't have Josh Allen numbers, but he's undefeated. He's got to be one or two in the MVP vote right now. So that kind of leads to the next thing is like NFL games to overreact to. Philly versus Texans. I mean, after the this only game, yeah. they're still undefeated. I, I So my only thing here, I put this because I think it could be interesting. If for some reason they lose to the Texans tonight, because that's a Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. Today is Thursday. I've confirmed that on my calendar twice. Wait, hold up. Yep. Oh, you're going to forget that in an hour. Your memory? <laughs> I could have said it was Moonsday and you would have agreed. So far, so good. Yep. I, I think this is the most interesting game in that you're on the road. Anything can always happen on the road, although I, I would be absolutely shocked. But if the Texans somehow beat them, I think you would see people come out of the woodwork. Oh, the whole Philly run was crazy overrated. Jalen is still not a legit quarterback. They had an easy schedule. Mm-hmm. You would see his market absolutely tank. Probably until they won a big playoff game, if they lose. Okay. Crazy unlikely. They're 13 and a half point favorites. Um, but if Philly wins, again, it's just kind of another one. Hey, they're 8-0. If they win tonight, I would think it's probably because he has a big game, which he's statistically he's having a very good season. I think it could at least help to justify and maintain the positive pricing. So I don't think there's a crazy overreaction if they win. It would be an unbelievable crazy overreaction if they lose. Fair. Uh, That's other it. Games, the other games, I all think, are actually fairly close where there's no crazy... At this point, I don't think people are going nuts. Like if Green Bay loses on the road to Detroit, I guess the market would be impacted by Rodgers, but it's already down, so people aren't going to freak out about that. It's like, no, he's having a terrible year. What if the Jets beat the Bills? Again, the Jets are 5-3, and three and it's in New York. Would it be I a surprise? Because, I mean, like, the Texans beat the Eagles. Nothing's happening to Texans QB. Nobody cares about that. Jets QB beats Bills. If Zach Wilson has a big game against them, sure. But again, just to show you how confident Vegas is in that, Buffalo's a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, fair. Yeah, it is interesting. I, I love games like that, though. You're like, right, though. If Zach Wilson came out and outdueled Josh Allen, mm-hmm. I think guys would then start to take a look like, oh, maybe. Yeah. I would love to see that happen. I just, meh. The Dolphins-Bears game, I think, will be good, too. Yep. Tua showed us last week. He's still playing, still healthy. But again, I don't think it'll be an overreaction. I think Trevor Lawrence might have a really big game against the Raiders at home against Oakland, who's been garbage all year. But same thing. I don't think there's like this crazy overreaction. Um the Seahawks could be interesting. I think they probably beat Arizona this week. And in a couple of weeks, I don't know that anybody in the world thought that the number one rated sports card podcast in the world <laughs> would be talking about in the year 2022. Year of our Lord. Would, yeah, would be talking about Geno Smith. Oh, Geno's but good. If that team keeps winning. Like at some point, we got to take You have out. to talk about him. So 
a weird game. I'm curious about the Bucks too, man. I just want the Titans to beat the Chiefs. That's all I care in about. In Kansas City, yeah, I, I don't see that going well. The Bucks game, though, I don't think there's any any repercussion either way. Like I, I Brady, I, you don't think there's any repercussion on Brady pricing? I think he can, no. I think he's still more to fall though. I think that it's very possible they lose, and I just don't know that it does a whole drastic thing. Um, so yeah, there's a couple games I was actually interested in though. Okay, there you go. My oh, pick of the week, please. Yes, because I was telling you, like, if you look at the lines, there's not a bunch of easy games this week, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I like Green Bay minus three and a half in Chicago, and I like the uh, Cincy at home against Carolina minus seven. Those are my two. I like Philly over Texans <laughs> minus thirteen and a half. Yeah, okay, I do. Fair. <laughs> if that's uh, an understatement. Um, all right, NBA. Trey Young, what, person. No. What's the question? You had your NBA question. Think back in that mush pile. Oh, I did have... Okay. Get the hair off your tongue. No, no, no. Is it a hair? What is that? No, I think it's Cheap from water. Twitter last night. Hey, we went to the Gin Blossoms concert. I did. I did. I don't know where that came from. Uh, we went to the Gin Blossom. Thanks again to... Uh, oh, what's his name? Matt? Adam. Adam. Adam, who is the social media manager, I guess, for... Of course, for the marketing team. Yeah, he, gave us, he got us free tickets. They were in town. It was cool. Um, that was an awesome venue, by the way. Very cool I was venue. Happy venue. Very cool venue. Um, anyways, thank you for that. Really appreciate it, Adam. Uh, my question for you before the show was, who is the best performing NBA athlete right Statistically. Now? Yeah, Statistically, right. So yes. I said Luca, and I said Giannis. I think they were both top five-ish. I didn't tell you. Well, tell Luka, me now. Is top five. He is he is in fifth place. Where's Giannis? Giannis is number fifteen. This takes into this basically takes into. Is this not the per? No, this is not the per. This it takes into. Who's doing this list too? I'll show you. It is uh, hashtag basketball dot com. It takes into account all of the same uh, categories. I think almost all of them, um, but I'll show you here. I don't trust this. Is that the way to say it? You can not trust it. I mean, it's still taking into account essentially all the most important rankings. You got field goal percentage, free throw percentage, three. Oh, so it did. It adds additions for good things, and it takes away for turnovers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know what this. Yeah. You want me to go off the PER list and see if it's how much different it is? Yeah, pull up the PER list because this one has Shy Alexander one, Durant two, Tatum three, Curry four. I thought you said Joker was 15. Joker's six. I never said what Joker was. You said Giannis. Oh, Giannis. That's right. Oh, now who has the bad memory? All right. So if we do. Jonathan Mitchell was high too. He's having, I'll tell you what, while you're pulling this up, this is another guy I just think people in the card world should keep on your radar. Darius Garland. I know he missed a couple games. That Cleveland team is going to be a very good regular season team at the very least. Maybe they make noise in the playoffs. And Darius Garland's having a crazy good season when he's healthy. So. I do think it's interesting. I don't think you're going to find the PER there. Could be wrong. No, you're not. Um, so I like him. I like Garland quite a bit. Donovan Mitchell too, which is funny because the Donovan Mitchell market is actually down. I bought Donovan Mitchell cards. I bought four Prism rookies uh, at the Vegas show, which was about a month ago now. They're actually all lower than what I paid for him, which is funny because he's had a great start to the season. But I do like that. Okay, here's your PER. Yeah, there you go. I named you one and two. I feel good about myself. So PER, Luca. Giannis, then a significant drop. Because you go from 36... Oh, wait, that's not in order. Click it in order on the PER, please, if you would. Watch it be the identical list you just said. Oh, Isaiah Joe played three minutes. Okay, I, but, yeah. So for real guys, yeah. Luca, Giannis, Ja, Shai, who is Shay Alexander, Gilchrist, whatever. Gilchrist Alexander, uh, Joker. Are you getting the R? There's no R in his name. That's fine. 
Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> no, Damian Lillard, Tatum, Curry. Okay. Uh, I do find this interesting uh, just because... SGA? I, I figured, yeah, SGA was the one that stood out to me. And I was just curious what you thought about that. Like, is he... I, someone... I like him, but on a team that's not going to go anywhere. That's the trouble there. Okay. He's, he did this last year, too. Very good season, but it's like, eh. I still like my other... I, I like this just because I like the fact that it takes into account, like, some negative points for the sure. turnovers. But anyways... Garland um, and Trey were the two I wanted to talk about, though. Garland, for that reason... Trey Young, he's another guy. It's funny. When I posted all those cards I bought at the car shows past weekend, I had more inqu- inquiries about buying Trey than anybody else. Really? I'm just not selling him. Oh. Like, his stuff is still cheap. We actually, re- I forgot we reviewed this on Monday, so we don't have to review it again. But the guy's averaging like 30 and nine assists or something. He's having a crazy good start to the season, and the team is winning. Uh, you know, two years ago, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Trey Young is now just like, his prices have totally tanked out. Like he's cheaper than he's way cheaper than Ja, cheaper than Zion, a fraction of Luca. I don't know. Like at, at what point do we look? I'm like, yeah, he had a quiet season last year, but the dude has been further than any of those guys in the playoffs, and is averaging 30 points. At what point would you say the pandemic started affecting pricing? April. I mean, pretty pretty soon thereafter with Wax, and then soon. August of that year, 2020, it started moving too. Because I'm just looking to see based on pricing, like. When is it a time that this would be considered investable? Because it's eighty eight dollars right now for his two thousand nine or eighteen PSA ten prism, and those were six fifty at one point, maybe well, higher than that. Uh, yeah, I think there's there's a few that sold around eight hundred, over eight hundred. But the card last time it was as low as this was like February of twenty twenty. So it's like before. So now we're starting to get into pre pandemic. What about his silver? Silver is actually the only one I, I would actually like to talk for just a second. So his silver. Jason will probably be here in a minute, anyways. So silver pricing talk. is $415 for his PSA 10. I just bought one for, I don't know, because I got in that lot, 380 to 390 That card the was. Last time that card was at that price, though, yep. was also. Yep. Same February? Actually same thing. Uh, January of 2020. 2020. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I know the market's down. So, and again, this isn't even a, hey, go buy these. But it does make me think there's something well, going on. You know, maybe you can factor in, too, that there has to be a higher pop count than there was at that time. So, sure, but what's the pop in the silver? 2,000? 2,500? 22. Okay. So, but I mean, that's... So the fact that the, you're maintaining the same price as that time, but there's more of them could still show that makes a little bit of sense. I guess. I don't know. That seems crazy to me. Hey, one other product, because then we will do some soccer stuff with Jason. You tease it. I don't love Leaf in general. I'm not a huge Brian Gray fan in general. Leaf Valiant Baseball is a product that came out yesterday. We ripped almost a full case. I like the product. Hmm. This is another one of those examples, though. Don't overreact here. I like the product because, A, it's $115. For a box. For a box. B, you get five autographs and the checklist is stupid loaded. So it's unlicensed and they don't have a deal with the MLB Players Association. Mm-hmm. So he, Brian can only put in two vet players, active players. Somehow there's like some loophole that you can do that. Hmm. So the two vets are Otani and Acuna. Oh. Great names. Yeah. But like Marcelo Mayer's in the product, Jason Dominguez, Wander Frank. It's loaded with prospect stuff and you get one BGS 9.5 10 auto or higher. You can get a pristine 1010 or a black label 10. For 115 bucks, okay. I really do. I, this is, again, though, another one of those. And I think the same about Chronicles still. We talked about Chronicles last week. Unlicensed. It's baseball. It's Panini baseball. Mm-hmm. I've ripped about, I don't know, over the last 24 hours. And I did some more this morning. Probably six boxes. For 100 and, I don't know, it's 120, 130 bucks. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, I always hear the complaints about, oh, there's no wax. It's affordable. Nothing in my price range. 
sometimes I do think like, hey, are you just, is that just because you're only buying tops? Yeah. Which if that's the case, there is. You're not getting five autos out of anything in tops. Not real stuff. You can get sure cheap minor league stuff probably. But like, that's why I say for the, for the amount of autos and the checklist in both of those products, mm-hmm. Lee Valiant and Chronicles, I'm in on that cheap stuff. I don't care if it gets too, if it gets too expensive, I am way out. But for the price of some of those things right now, that's why I'm kind of like, hey, some of this stuff, even though you don't love it, is probably not a bad buy. And, and it's actually kind of a fun rip. So Yeah. Um, I'm curious what your thought is on autographs from Leaf versus like autographs from Panini, where they both are unlicensed. Like, do you think one inherently, like Panini, my thought would be Panini inherently would hold higher value than it Leaf. Does. For sure. Okay. So, because there's a lot of guys who just won't buy unlicensed product at all. Mm-hmm. There's also then just a lot of guys who just won't buy Leaf strictly. Like okay. Even guys who don't love unlicensed, they'll mess with immaculate, flawless NT baseball. Okay. It's nice stuff. But some guys are just like, no, I'm not messing with Leaf no matter what. Gotcha. So, yeah, I think there's definitely something there. And a lot of it is the card design. Leaf Valiant this year actually looks pretty good. They have some hideous products, though. Like Leaf Draft, Leaf Metal is ugly every year. I don't know why they even make them. I really like the new, uh, what is the one that just came out? Uh, Origins? The NFL oh, yeah, Origins? NFL. Man, I really like that look. Flushing. I don't know if you saw this, by the way. Pulled the 101 Malik Willis. It was a 101? Nike patch on it. That's a monster card. Last thing I wanted to just mention is, you know, it's not really a huge interest to me and you, but if you're into UFC stuff uh, on Card Shop Live tonight at 6.30 Eastern, Forrest Griffin, who was, I think, a, at one point a champion in some weight class, will be on there ripping some cards, doing some giveaways. Make sure you check him out tonight. 6.30, Card Shop Live happened. All right, so we, were, we teased the audience with this on Monday, and then there was an international incident, which we can't talk about. <laughs> Jason and Enzo are back now today. He comes back, there's two of them this time, not just one, from Soccer Cards United, to finally give us the soccer talk we have been missing. Jason, do you want to apologize first, or do you want to get right into soccer talk? Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. I'd like to apologize to, to you, Mike, to you, Jesse, but also to the listening audience, because I know... They were waiting on it and I disappointed them and I, I, I promised not to do it again. I can't tell if he really means that. He does. I think he does. Why are you wearing why? a Phillies hat? Are you a Phillies fan? What's going on here? Bandwagon. Uh, no, I was in Philadelphia for a couple of days when we went to the National and okay. uh, I picked up a Phillies hat and then they just happened to be the best team in America a couple of months later. Hey, will you put on a Titans hat later? Just to you take more than the hat to help the Titans. <laughs> yeah, send Jason your hats. Send me your hats and I'll wear them. Oh, did you guys hear that? Send Jason your hats and he'll wear them. Clean them first if you don't mind. Yeah. Guys, uh, send me your shorts and I'll wear them. Okay. Oh, <laughs> send them to me. That could get weird. Send them to me and I'll oh, wear them. God. Uh hey, Jason uh Enzo, thank you guys so much for joining. Um the there's a lot of questions in the mailbag we'll get to eventually, but I need to know right now, are you guys investing in soccer product that's currently out there? And if so, what it is. Are we investing in it? We're we're currently we have a lead on some vintage not vintage but older product you know pre-2020 mm-hmm. and we have our eye on it but we can't be can't be letting that out of the bag there's, there's one product from 2021 that we're looking at but are we keeping our cards to our chest well generally when i come on the show and they ask me a question i answer it. you answer but, okay oh, <laughs> if you want to do it a different way yeah, you, 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 pass it, you pass it on to me as if you didn't want to stay and um, we were just at the moment we were just having a conversation before we came on air about world cup products so you have road to the world cup mosaic and national treasures, and we're thinking about going back in on some national treasures, and um, because that price has been weirdly okay over the last few days, even though it initially dropped from where it's on Panini's website for what, three thousand dollars still, three thousand three, I think. And um, but if you can get it cheaper, it's 
it just seems okay. It's settling on eBay around two. So that's one to watch out for for the World Cup because obviously Prism is going to have so many different uh, configurations that NT is like immediately special. I think a lot of people will be breaking Prism and NT. Like Prism can kind of mosaic is also not super premium. So when they're breaking it during the World Cup, you'd like to think National Treasures should be a breakable product during the month of the World Cup. So I actually just ripped a box of Mosaic the other night on, on our app for fun, just messing around with it. Uh, I don't know what I did. I did like the look of... I always actually like Mosaic, but I will say there's not a ton of buzz around it, even though it's cheap. I don't know. I'm curious. But Prism... So I did just get a case of Prism allocated to us, though. Okay. I know you're not super high on Prism. Your, your thought, like you mentioned on Monday, is still... And Enzo, I'm curious if you agree. Hey, with Prism, like let's just let it come out, settle for a couple of weeks, and then buy. That's That's like... You know, Prism, I think it's going to be breaking really, really well. I think there'll be a lot of excitement about it, but it kind of depends on what the retail price comes out at. That'll kind of dictate how people view the market. It kind of seems like Panini's OG retail that comes out is is much higher than what a lot of people get at pre-sale, like the early pre-sale that then they pre-sell on. And so it kind of looks like this huge crash, but in reality, if you kind of wait, you'll probably be able to buy it at a a cheap enough price and and then get into it. I think people will have a lot of fun with it. We posted it on our website. We sold out fast enough. Um... We were just under $500 a box, I think. Yeah. Um, and it sold out really fast. So the appetite is there. People want it. I think um, I think we'll see a lot of it ripped open. And of course, you're going to see a lot of hits because of it. I think people have fun with it. But I think I think there's, there's enough of it to go around. Maybe maybe we're being naive, but I think there's enough to go around that you can wait for release day and you'll probably get it at a, a better price than you can currently get it. So just to throw numbers, our allocation price was 211 a box. Rebuy from distributor as of yesterday was 400 a box. So I'm mm. trying to think. So, so yeah, like, so you think this probably settles what in the five? Like, if I asked you, price of Prism in two weeks, five to six hundred ish. Yeah, five to six hundred. Yeah. So basically, we were like going like, if it was a box, say of of Topps Chrome or something for the Champions League, that would be in the two to three hundred. You know, uh, if it was a good a good year, be in the two to three hundred dollar range, um, and Prism should be about you know, one point seven five, two times that, that kind of area. So around five hundred dollars a box seems reasonable enough, uh, where you can rip it. And it's only once every four years. So if you buy a box of World Cup Prism every four years for five hundred dollars, you're not going to lose your shirt. Um, so it's a special occasion. Celebrate. Think of it like how you spend money at Christmas on presents. I don't celebrate Christmas, Jason. So I will not think of that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> okay. Hey, how was your card show, by the way? You guys did the big London card ask, show. Yeah. How did that go? And what were guys looking for there? Um, it went went really well. It was the first uh, time that this particular show had run over two days. So we had a Saturday, we had a trade night, and then we had a Sunday, and um, there was really good interest in um, pretty much everything. Yeah. In terms of soccer. Soccer was very popular. Um, We had seen uh, Formula One had been popular at London car shows before. That kind of cooled off a little bit. I think a lot of people have bought into Formula One and don't want to sell in in the current uh, dip. They're probably holding it. If they got into it cheap, they can afford to hold it. Um, And then... Like it's really just football, soccer is the main thing. The week before we were in Paris and that was all basketball. Um, so it's interesting to see like in, in continental Europe, in Paris, in Spain, in Italy, basketball is huge. Um, but there was a few high-end basketball tables in London, but not that many. It's mostly soccer. I'm curious, where do you guys, um, or where do you think guys at shows like that go to get their cards most of the time? Like if they want to buy, because so, I always think about how the the market growing is a good thing for the hobby, but I'm not sure if guys in Europe are buying cards on like eBay from guys in America, you know, like, what do you think? How does that usually go? Is it, are they individual markets or do you think there's some crossover? 
there's arbitrage in the crossover. I think a lot of people might go on holidays to the States, which one of our, one of our friends did, went over there, managed to pick up some low, low end soccer that then they knew they could go to the London card show, maybe double the price. If it was a $10 card, probably sell it for 15 pound, 20 pound and doubling their money just on the arbitrage of, of, of doing that. Obviously, if you buy on eBay, you'll be faced with fees unless you have a, a freight forwarder, kind of a, a special kind of setup. But if you're, you're in the States, I think someone went to one of the card shows that was over there, went around, picked up the kind of lower end soccer. Yeah, he was at uh, the Chantilly card show in Virginia. Oh, okay, cool. Knew we could come back to um, to the UK and, and sell it easier at a London show to, to collectors. So um, there's arbitrage. I think the markets do seep into each other, not as, not as freely as they could because there is boundaries and customs, but... Um, there's some roots around that, and that if you if you know what you're doing, there's definitely opportunity. You guys just inspired me to buy a case of Proven. There you go. <laughs> Great. Four hundred bucks a box. I figured, why not? If it goes bad. Oh, Wait, really you're talking about uh, Prism? Four hundred bucks a box. They're selling on uh, blowout pre-order for two fifty. For hobby? There's no um, way that's. Written. It doesn't say hobby. It says, "Oh, it's a breakaway box." Okay, there sweet. we go. Hey, by the way, did you guys know Timo Warner's going to miss the World Cup? Did you hear this? Yeah, I heard he ruptured his ligament or something. I just want to sound smart. I just that popped up on my ESPN. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. So interesting, Mike. He's one of those weird players that has a he has a much better record for his country than he does for his clubs. So uh, he'll be disappointed. But you know what can you do? Okay, so with World Cup in mind, you know we try to throw a little bit of hey, th- there's some potential with these clubs or hey, these players in particular could have a breakout. You know, anything on your mind like that, like, hey, this guy's a young dude who we think it might be in a good spot to really break out in the World Cup. Yeah. And for Brazil, obviously Brazil are going to be led by Neymar, who's an established uh, name. Uh, He has a bit of kind of reputation repairing to do and and reasserting himself to do. So he's one that's going to be going, he's going to go into World Cup uh, with a point to prove. PSG guy. That's right. Yeah. 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 I know Neymar. I have an autograph. So don't, don't say anything obvious because that's when Mike's going to just chime in. I'm just in. saying he plays with Mbappe. <laughs> and a couple guys you may have heard of. I'm just saying. Who's the other guy for PSG? Mbappe, no, Neymar. Mbappe and Messi. Yeah. Messi, Messi another good guy. Got an auto at him. No Messi guys. Didn't even know who it we was. We got those in my PSG case break. <laughs> we are selling those next month. Okay, sorry. I'm, All right, a couple of weeks. I apologize. You. But uh, Neymar is surrounded by a couple of young guys from Real Madrid. Uh, Vinicius Jr. goes by Vinny Jr. Uh, Vinny and Rodrigo. Uh, who are both young, exciting winners, uh, wingers uh, who have lots of experience in big games, in Champions League football, stuff like that. They're maybe going to be less intimidated by the big occasions as other young players at the tournament. Um, so Vinicius and, and Rodrigo are both uh, ones to to look out for for Brazil. And I would also say for Uruguay, Darwin Nunes, um, signed for Liverpool, kind of a lot of hype around his his signing. Hasn't hit the ground running, but still has been exciting and I think will play well for Uruguay. And then for Portugal, Rafael Leao, Plays for AC Milan, has a has a rookie ticket from Chronicles, I think 2019-20. Um, he's an exciting player to watch. And I think if Portugal get to the group stage, a lot of American eyes particularly will be on the knockout stages because it's similar to the playoffs. Like it's it's big events. And if they see him play, whether he scores or not, he he's just electric to watch play. So I think they get people off their seats and I'm wondering who's this kid. Hey, let me ask you this, by the way. Is there a checklist out for Prism yet? Do you know? This Prism product that drops? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on uh, Monday's episode of our podcast, Soccer Cards United, we went through that hey, uh, checklist. Hey, no one said you could plug that. Uh-uh. Wow. Well, it's just it's some just just information. It's not a plug. I'm just telling people, you know. That's where you can get it. He's had a fever. Don't worry about him. <laughs> the, uh, the autograph checklist for World Cup Prison was disappointing. Canada have no autographs in it, which is very disappointing for the Canadians. Um, 
But as people reminded us after we talked about that, uh, Prism is about the about the inserts and about the low numbered uh, color. So uh, the base checklist is actually quite okay, and, and, and there's a couple of good, um, like there's a manga insert and uh, national landmarks or, as well. So and there's a few nice bits in there for sure. Okay, yeah, because I've seen the manga sell crazy high. By the way, yes, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I don't think we've seen artwork for manga yet for Roku Prism. Okay, so I knew they released it in Prism Football this past year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I got to think those are going to sell for crazy high. A lot of these other ones, I just don't know the scarcity. Like, there's Global Reach, National Prize, Scorers Club, New Era. Yeah, those ones no, I would those worry I know. No, National, National Landmarks is a huge one in, in World Cup Prism products. I think, I think that carries over to, to the American drops as well. National Landmarks is a huge chase in 2018, and maybe, I think, 2014 Prism, if it's in 2014. Okay. And so here's my other question. So overall, again, I just want to, because that drops tomorrow. Is that right? Prism? No, the ninth, next Wednesday. It could, it could drop in the States tomorrow, potentially. It might be tomorrow, because this thing is shipping to me. Jesse, check that on blow because he just said he's shipping this FedEx tomorrow. Prism World Cup, uh, the ninth. It is. Why are they dropping this tomorrow to me then? It was originally supposed to come out on the second, and then the Panini pushed their public drop back to the ninth. So I imagine some people had got it early. Interesting. Okay. Um, overall checklist then, one to 10 in your mind. Again, let's go off the premise. It's 600 bucks a box. Where do you rate this checklist then? Um, I'm going to give it a eight on non-autos and then I'm going to give it a four on autos. I just bought a case of this. So if we want to give those numbers a little higher. A four out of 10 on <laughs> autos. Okay. I'm and okay. then I'm going to say that in Prism, it's weighted towards non-autos. So I'm going to give it overall uh, six and a half out of 10. Okay. Enzo? I'd, I'd give it a seven. I think there's going to be a lot of excitement for it. I I'm think it um, 11 out of low 10. numbered. I think my biggest concern is the market. Is there a market for this as, as big as what they're expecting over there? You know, like, is, is the market the same here as what they're expecting to see? So that's my, I'm just curious. I mean, but the high-end stuff does really well here generally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, but that's the problem is like, we're talking about this is more color, right? Than the autos. And so I feel Which like... Prism always is, right? Yeah, but it's, it's... By the way, not even for sale on Blowout right now. Well, I think that like the Panini star price would be really interesting to see. And I think that 2014 Prism being the first ever World Cup Prism product, first soccer Prism product, I believe that became kind of, it obviously came out a lot cheaper than, than this was going to come out. It was a lot smaller, you know, it was more so respected after the fact. And then 2018, which was the second year World Cup Prism, uh, had Mbappe in it and he had a crazy tournament. So that kind of became what gave that box value. I think we don't know what this box does or doesn't have. You know, the World Cup is going to impact the price. Like at the end of the World Cup, that might, we well, might have a different view on the box. But at the same time, you'd imagine they'll be coming in high off the back of two really successful World Cup boxes that maybe expectations are higher than they should be, perhaps, or the star price could be higher. If these came out at $300 a box, we'd probably see a really healthy market overall resale and just fun of opening it. Uh, so with that in mind, we wanted to do this. We wanted to open... Do you guys have uh, any uh, blockchain IDs with Panini? Are you guys... No. no. So can you see what, I'm, what we... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I can see that, yeah. Okay, so these are the NFTs, the Road to the World Cup NFTs. Honestly, we want to give these away to listeners. We figured what we would do is probably open one, maybe two packs and see uh, if we hit anything. Because the problem with us opening them is it's fun when they're shiny and sparkly, but we don't really know many of the names. However, I will say in the first pack I opened yesterday, I did get uh, David Beckham auto that sold for like six bucks, which was pretty cool. So uh, if you guys are down with this, we want to open these real quick and just see what you guys think. 
Let's do it. I'm excited. All right. So they come with three cards, typically two commons and then something else. So we got a rare card. So let's Just rip through these commons. So common, Chris, um, Christopher Edger. Yep. So that's a card. And the rare is another Christopher. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just get any good. He's a rookie. Denmark heavy. Uh, way, sorry. Uh, he, he, he won't be at the World Cup. He's Norwegian. So that one is out. All right, we're going to do one more just to see uh, if we can give something to a winner, okay? Um, by the way, if you guys entered last week, the listeners, uh, you will be... I'm going to choose from the, the list of guys who submitted, and I'll be sending you those cards. One more pack. All I'm going right. to rip a box of Prism on Instagram. Oh, I'm going to yeah. get these guys to join me on Instagram one day. We'll just rip it. It's three in the morning, my time. We'll keep it reasonable. <laughs> um, all right. Let's rip through these real quick. All right. Danny Olmo. Olmo. Danny Olmo, yeah, good Spanish forward. Oh, yeah, okay. D.O., heck of a guy. You were saying that. Uh, Martin Boyle, Australia, rookie. Yeah, yeah. okay. That guy looks like... Stretching the definition of a rookie card, I think, but yeah. He looks like he's 42. <laughs> yeah. And our last, our rare... Get a name, man. Lorenzo Insigne. Very good. Playing in the MLS now for Toronto. Plays for Toronto, yeah. All right, I'm going to tell you what. So, if you already entered the contest last week, do another pack. These are going to. This was as depressing as any segment we've ever done. (laughs) Now, I will say it's probably more depressing because we're here. We have a tendency to bring down the energy wherever we go. Why would you say that? Jason is hit and miss. He's either all energy banter, or he's like no, no energy, just here with a Phillies hat. (laughs) Here, we have to catch him on a good day. They can see the name. Pronounce that name for us. Yeah, Wilco Farinas. Oh my God! Man, they're good. They're good. All right. Next and Casemiro. Okay. Yeah. Good. He only has one name. He's got to be good, right? Apparently, yeah. Not. Like Madonna or Cher. Yeah. Right. Borna Sosa, silver rookie, number to one ninety nine. Highly rated Croatian. May move to the Premier League in the next season or two. Click on that while we're talking. I want to know the sales history on that. All right. So we think that might actually hold some value. So Jesse's going to check the pricing on that. Okay. So I am curious, then, guys. For people here who are holding soccer cards, when is the Goldilocks time to sell? Like what I did there? I don't understand it, but... Oh, you mean like too warm, not too cold. It's just right. Okay, yeah. Why wouldn't you want to sell when the market was too warm? That's a a good point. (laughs) It's funny. He brings no energy, but he's got that wind. Thanks for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Here's here's the fear. Let me set this up a little bit better because that question was horribly formed. I really just wanted to work in the Goldilocks. So, like, for example, the World Series is happening right now. Jason, your Phillies, obviously, 2-2. But if people are waiting for them to win the World Series, it's too late because by the time they win it, the drop-off is almost instant. Like, yeah, they won, but now there's no baseball. So you're almost better off selling a Phillies card tonight and just don't look back. I am curious with the World Cup, is it the lead up? Is that the hottest time for soccer? Is it in the heat of the moment? Is it after the fact because it's such an event? How does it work with the soccer market? It's a great question. (laughs) I would imagine at the very end of the final, it'll be the same type of drop off. And um, that depends if if your cards are in the final. Um, You know, if you get knocked out in the semifinal, your drop off is probably going to happen there. Um, Leading up, speculating, of course, leading right into the World Cup would be a good time to sell. But I think the World Cup, that has, they have the group stage, so every team will play three games regardless. So if you fancy the player whose team, if you fancy that team during it, then maybe once they get into the knockouts, it could be a good time to sell there. Um, if you have more vintage stuff, so maybe a Messi-Ronaldo rookie, probably best to just hold it. Um, if it's more modern rookies, you know, the Topps Chromes from 2017 all the way through, 
you'd probably use the strategy of selling during the tournament, um, maybe after the group stage, or maybe if you fancy it after, say, if you have a Portuguese player after the first knockout round, if you're assuming they're not going to get knocked out in the first knockout round. Okay, so similar to what we see here, then. A guy was curious. Let me ask you this, then. Last question. Can we throw some mailbag questions at you guys? Last question before multiple questions. Last question of multiple <laughs> questions. Okay. All right, there it is. That's a, that's a yes in my book. Yep. Last question of, of regulation question time. Exactly. Before it's bonus time. What is the extra time called? Yep. They do uh, that in soccer. Like the game the ends, then you just start adding minutes to the clock. It's ridiculous. They're on the pitch and they have the injury time. Additional glory. time. Yeah, that's what it is. They don't even know the name. <laughs> okay, I don't feel bad now. Steven Ortiz wants to know, this question was from last episode, um, so hopefully it's not too dated. How excited is he, you, Jason and Enzo, uh, for they, World Cup for the World Cup and based on the group stages. I think it just wow. means based on the group stages. Really, really a hard hitter to lead off. Very excited. Let me answer. Any one. sleepers that could creep up? Also, what's your opinion on the U.S. for the World Cup? Yeah, um, I'll start with the last the last part there. The, the opinion on the U.S. for the World Cup. Uh, our opinion of the U.S. World Cup is that um, they simultaneously have as good a squad as they've had ever and as poor a chance as they've had ever. Um, it's a very talented squad. The manager, Greg Berhalter, is not someone that uh, I think either Enzo or I would, would rate as an international manager, but he has a certain way of of playing. And if it works, um, it'll work well. He's kind of, you know, soak up the pressure and hit them on the counter-attack. The problem is that they're in a, a, a group with England, Wales and Iran, all three of whom also do that. Um, so we might have a situation where the, the USA's three uh, group games finish 1-0, nil all and 2-0 um, and soccer is set back by several decades in America. <laughs> Perfect. Please don't beat us that badly, England. Um, okay. Any other qu- Any other uh, guys? We sleepers? talked about the other one. We already got the sleepers. Okay. Yeah. Um, Kajitan Matazuski wants to know. Is he a soccer player? No, he, okay. he could be. We don't know for sure. Do you think the uh, what do you think of the new mosaic Qatar? That's the World Cup mosaic. That's yeah. the road to the World yeah. Cup. So the thing with the road to the World Cups that is, um, we just kind of wish they weren't road to the World Cup. They were just World Cup products because Panini used road to the World Cup as a way to include players like Erling Haaland that they can't include uh, if depending on qualifications. And we talked before, like how say someone like Haaland. Um, the whole problem with soccer is he could play for 20 years and never go to a World Cup and that's going to seriously affect his card prices over time. Panini have this ingenious method of road to the World Cup where if he's ever even seen a World Cup game from his couch at home, he can go on the checklist. Um, there, There is a question asking, basically, do you think it's a big deal that the US is in the World Cup? Overall, basically for hype, is that what you're thinking? Is That's the reason why it's a big deal? Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, then let's go on. Kenneth Griffin. Oh, Ken from uh, Sports Cards uh, Evansville. Car Shop Evansville, excuse me. Will the Prism Soccer hobby that is upcoming have a higher return on investment than NT, which seems to have had some rough boxes as far as returns? What price should, uh, uh, what price point should consumers look at? We already kind of talked about price point, but what do you think has the better return on investment, Prism hobby or NT? In terms of holding the box sealed or in terms of opening the box? Both. Ooh, I would say holding sealed National Treasures will probably be safe enough. Um, I'm pretty sure Roku Prism still has the classic Maradona and Pele autos in the mix. So I think that's going to end at some point. You know, uh, Maradona has passed away and, and Pele 
is slowly stopping. To, he should stop signing autos, but he's not. Um, I think I think I think Panini. I think I think there's a long, long-term play to be made with all Panini products that have Pele and Maradona autographs in it. I think right now they're kind of being thrown everywhere, but at some point in the future, it's going to be like, wow, can you imagine? They used to be autographs and sets. Um, but I think at the moment, I wouldn't be expect both of them to go down a little bit. It depends what price you can get your prism at. Um, National Treasures, I can't imagine, is too far away from its floor price. And if you're thinking long-term, should be good. There's Mbappe autos and that. There's some on-card autos and National Treasures. So if I had to pick one to open for fun, if if money wasn't um, necessarily involved, if I had both boxes here and I had to make a choice, I'd probably open National Treasures um, before I open Prism. But if I had a case of Prism, there's a few case hits. So it, it's a tough one. Okay. Jason, same page? All good there? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, Brandon Underwood wants to know, could you recommend a product uh, as a good entry point for soccer card collecting? Yes. Uh, 2020-21 Tops Chrome UEFA Champions League has the best rookie class in soccer we've ever seen and ever will see and um, is still unbelievably not that much more expensive than it was when it dropped. Yeah, A fun open because if you get colours there's a high chance you're getting a rookie and there's a high chance that it's a really good rookie as well so it's fun. Um, I'd also say the World Cup Mosaic it's on on this thing on US eBay it's around $200 that's a really fun rip at that price. Nice. Um. All right. That's was I right about that? By the the way? Isn't Jude Bellingham in 2021? Yes, that's yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hear you. Yes, Bellingham. Wow, and he's fantastic, Michael. I'm a soccer guy, Michael. Oh, there was one other one. Oh, it's Logan football to me, but that's okay. Uh, Logan Friedel wanted to know what would you um what would you do with a sealed box of 2016-17 select soccer hobby box? Uh, basically, wanting to know if you'd hold until the next World Cup, sell within the next couple of weeks before the cup starts. Um or try and fill and break it. Hold. Hold it until the next World Cup. Is, is there a reason why that is? Yeah, it's got a Christian Pulisic's rookie card in it. And he should still, barring horrible injury or a incredible decline, uh, should still be the captain of the US men's national team in four years when he's on home soil. Home soil. For me, it's just a beautiful set. They're not making soccer select sets uh, anymore. And just from a heritage point of view, if you look at golden auctions to 2015 all the way to 2017, if you get a high numbered, maybe Ronaldo or Messi or field view, whatever. Um, it's, it's just, I think as time goes on, it's just one of the kind of ground zero soccer sets and it's one of the most beautiful. So if, if Christian Pulisic doesn't work out, there's inherent value in that set anyway. So the longer you hold it, if the soccer card market gets more, that, that box just rises with it. Okay. Nice. Michael? I'm excited. Yeah, I, I confirmed. You're right. The ninth on, on uh, Prism, which is funny, it's shipping tomorrow, but uh, yeah, we're going to rip some of that this week for sure. Maybe we'll try to tag you guys in for like a live thing and rip a box for free or something. Sure. Cool. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. Good to see you. We'll uh, catch you guys later. So that's Jason and Enzo Soccer Cards United. Listen to it anywhere you get your podcast, but especially on Spotify because they pay us. So. <laughs> there you go. All right, so there you go. A little soccer knowledge. The four in a podcast is tough. It is a little It's tough. nobody's fault, but it's too much. The thing is, I think that he, re- I think Jason relies on Enzo for more of the stats thing. Oh, Enzo's very intelligent. Yeah, they're both yeah. very. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that they play off each other, but yeah, four is a tough, tough ask. Um, that's not true. It's just, a, it's just yeah, different. Uh, that's it. I don't have anything else to talk about. I mean, I didn't even get him to say dirty. Dang. That's fine. It's worn out. It's okay. not worn out, Michael. It's not worn out. I was just kidding. People like that joke. They love it. They message me every time I do it. Perfect. Um, all right, I think we've hit it all. Yeah, Hit him I'm with dead. the outro. Cool. Uh, I'm trying to think of like next. Oh, so next week we get two guests. 
We have Phil Filmington coming up on Monday. He's like, he's got a YouTube channel, pretty cool stuff. Uh, he's big in the card show world, which I kind of like. I want to get some perspective there from a regular. We'll have him on Monday. We'll have Chris Hodge from Card Ladder on Thursday. And then we'll be back for both those shows. Tentatively, we'll be here for both. That's Perfect. it. Sports Cards Nonsense brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, powered by Spotify. See you next week. Goodbye.